Now by my life this day grows wondrous hot. Some airy devil hovers in the sky and pours down mischief. Ha! <laughs> Austria's head lie there while Philip breathes. <clears throat> you ever keep this boy? Philip, make up. My mother is assailed in our tent. And ten, I fear. My lord, I rescued her. Her highness is in safety, fear you not. But on, my liege, for very little pains will bring this labor to an happy end. So shall it be. Your grace shall stay behind so strongly guarded. Cousin, look not sad. Thy grandam loves thee, and thy uncle will as dear be to thee as thy father was. Oh, this will make my mother die with grief. Cousin, away for England. Haste before, and ere our coming, see thou shake the bags of hoarding abbots. Imprisoned angels set at liberty. The fat ribs of peace must by the hungry now be fed upon. Use our commission in his utmost force. Bell, book, and candle shall not drive me back when gold and silver begs me to come on. I leave, your highness. Grandam, I will pray, if ever I remember to be holy, for your fair safety. So I kiss your hand. Farewell, gentle cousin. Cuz, farewell. Come hither, little kinsman. Hark, a word. Come hither, Hubert. Oh, my gentle Hubert, we owe thee much. Within this wall of flesh, there is a soul counts thee her creditor, and with advantage means to pay thy love. And, my good friend, thy voluntary oath lives in this bosom dearly cherished. Give me thy hand. I had a thing to say, but I will fit it with some better time. By heaven, Hubert... I am almost ashamed to say what good respect I have of thee. I am much bounden to your majesty. Good friend, thou hast no cause to say so yet, but thou shalt have. And creep time ne'er so slow, yet it shall come from me to do thee good. I had a thing to say, but let it go. The sun is in the heaven, and the proud day attended with the pleasures of the world is all too wanton and too full of gauds to give me audience. If the midnight bell did, with his iron tongue and brazen mouth, sound on into the drowsier race of night, if this same were a churchyard where we stand, thou possessed with a thousand wrongs, or if that surly spirit melancholy had baked thy blood and made it heavy thick, which else runs tickling up and down the veins, making that idiot laughter keep men's eyes and strain their cheeks to idle merriment, a passion hateful to my purposes, or if that thou couldst see me without eyes, hear me without thine ears, and make reply without a tongue, using conceit alone without eyes, ears, and harmful sound of words, then in despite of brooded watchful day I would into thy bosom pour my thoughts, but ah, I will not. Yet I love thee well, and by my troth I think thou lovest me well. So well that what you bid me undertake Though that my death were adjunct to my act, by heaven I would do it. Do not I know thou wouldst? Good Hubert, 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 throw thine eye on yon young boy. I'll tell you what, my friend. 
he is a very serpent in my way, and wheresoe'er this foot of mine doth tread, he lies before me. Dost thou understand me? Thou art his keeper. And I'll keep him, so that he shall not offend your majesty. Death. My, my lord? A grave. He, he shall not live. Enough. I could be merry now. Hubert, I love thee. Well, I'll not say what I intend for thee. Remember. Madam, fare you well. I'll send those powers o'er to your majesty. My blessing go with thee. For England, cousin, go. Hubert shall be your man, attend on you with all true duty. On toward Calais, ho! By a roaring tempest on the flood, a whole armado of convicted sail is scattered and disjoined from fellowship. Courage and comfort, all shall yet go well. What can go well, when we have one so ill? Are we not beaten? Is not ours lost? Our certain prisoner, devours dear friend slain, and bloodying lound into England gone. Overbearing interruption, spite of France. What he has won, that has he fortified. So hot a speed with such advice disposed, such temperate order in so fierce a cause, does want example. <laughs> Who has read or heard of any kindred action like to this? Well, could I bear that England had this praise? so we could find some pattern of our shame. Look who comes here, a grave unto a soul, holding the eternal spirit against her will in the vile prison of afflicted breath. I prithee, lady, go away with me. Lo, now I see the issue of your peace. Passions, good lady, comfort, gentle Constance. No, I defy all counsel, all redress, but that which ends all counsel, true redress, death, death, amiable, lovely death. Thou odiferous stench, sound rottenness, Arise forth from the couch of lasting night, thou hate and terror to prosperity, and I will kiss thy detestable bones, and put my eyeballs in thy vaulty brows, and wring these fingers with thy household worms, and stop this gap of breath with fulsome dust, and be a carrion monster like thyself. Come, grin on me, and I will think thou smilest, and bust thee as thy wife. Misery's love, oh, come to me. Oh, fair affliction, peace. <laughs> no, no, I will not, having breath to cry. Oh, that my tongue were in the thunderous mouth. Then with a passion would I shake the world and rouse from sleep that fell anatomy which cannot hear a lady's feeble voice which scorns a modern invocation. Lady, you utter madness and not sorrow. Thou art not holy to belie me so. 
I am not mad. This hair I wear is mine. My name is Constance. I was Geoffrey's wife. Young Arthur is my son, and he is lost. I am not mad. I would to heaven I were, for then tis like I should forget myself. For if I could, what grief should I forget? Preach some philosophy to make me mad, and thou shalt be canonized, Cardinal. For being not mad, but sensible of grief, my reasonable part produces reason how I may be delivered of these woes, and teaches me to kill or hang myself. If I were mad, I should forget my son, or madly think a babe of clouds were he. I am not mad. Too well, too well, I feel the different plague of each calamity. Binds up those tresses. Oh, what love I note in the fair multitude of those her hairs. Where but by chance a silver drop hath fallen. Even to that drop ten thousand wiry friends do glue themselves in sociable grief. Like true inseparable faithful loves, sticking together in calamity. To England, if you will. Bind up your hairs. Yes, that I will. And wherefore will I do it? I tore them from their bonds and cried aloud, Oh, that these hands could so redeem my son as they have given these hairs their liberty. But now I envy at their liberty, and will again commit them to their bonds, because my poor child is a prisoner. And, Father Cardinal, I have heard you say that we shall see and know our friends in heaven. If that be true, I shall see my boy again. For since the birth of Cain, the first male child, to him that did but yesterday suspire, there was not such a gracious creature born. But now will canker sorrow eat my bud, chase the native beauty from his cheek, and he will look as hollow as a ghost, as dim and meager as an ague's fit. And so, He'll die, and rising so again, when I shall meet him in the court of heaven, I shall not know him. Therefore never, never, never must I hold my pretty Arthur more. You hold too heinous a respect of grief. He talks to me that never had a son. You are as fond of grief as of your child. Grief fills up the room of my absent child, lies in his bed walks up and down with me, puts on his pretty looks, repeats his words, remembers me of all his gracious parts, stuffs out his vacant garment with his form. Then have I reason to be fond of grief. Fare you well. Had you such a loss as I, I could give better comfort than you do. I will not keep this form upon my head when there is such disorder in my wit. Oh, Lord, my boy, my Arthur, my fair son, my life, my joy, my food, my all the world, my widow comfort, and my sorrow's cure. I fear some outrage, and I'll follow her. 
There's nothing in this world can make me joy. Life is as tedious as a twice-told tale, vexing the dull ear of a drowsy man, and bitter shame hath spoiled the sweet world's taste, that it yields naught but shame and bitterness. Before the curing of a strong disease, even in the instant of repair and health, the fit is strongest. Evils that take leave on their departure most of all show evil. What have you lost by losing this day? All days of glory, joy and happiness. If you had one, it's certainly you had. No, no. When fortune means to men most good, she looks upon them with a threatening eye. Tis strange to think how much King John hath lost in this, which he accounts so clearly of one. Are not you grieved that Arthur is his prisoner? As heartily as he is glad he has him. Your mind is all as youthful as your blood. Now, hear me speak with a prophetic spirit. For even the breath of what I mean to speak shall blow each dust, each straw, each little rub out of the path, which shall directly lead thy foot to England's throne, and therefore mark. John hath seized Arthur, and it cannot be that, while warm life plays in that infant's veins, the misplaced John should entertain an, wow, one minute, nay, one quiet breath of rest. A scepter snatched with an unruly hand must be as boisterously maintained as gained, and he that stands upon a slippery place makes nice of no vile hold to say him up. That John may stand, then Arthur needs must fall. So be it, for it cannot be but so. But what shall I gain by young Arthur's fall? You, in the right of Lady Blanche, your wife, may then make all the claim that Arthur did. And lose it. Life and all as Arthur did. How green you are and fresh in this old world. John lays you plots. The times conspire with you, for he that steeps his safety in true blood shall find but bloody safety in untrue. This act, so evilly born, shall cool the hearts of all his people and freeze up their zeal, that none so small advantage shall step forth to check his reign, but they will cherish it. No natural exhalation in the sky, no scope of nature, no distempered day, no common wind, no custom event, but they will pluck away his natural cause and call them meteors, prodigies and signs, abortives, presages and tongues of heaven, plainly denouncing vengeance upon John. Maybe he will not touch young Arthur's life, but hold himself safe in his prisonment. Oh, sir, when he shall hear of your approach, if that young Arthur be not gone already, even at that news he dies. And then the hearts of all his people shall revolt from him, and kiss the lips of the unacquainted change, and pick strong matter of revolt and wrath out of bloody fingers' ends of John. Methinks I see this hurley all on foot, and oh, what better matter breeds for you than I have named. The bastard Falconbridge is now in England ransacking the church, offending charity. If but a dozen French were there in arms, they would be as cold to train ten thousand English to their side or as a little snow tumbled about, anon becomes a mountain. O oh, noble Dauphin, go with me to the king. Tis wonderful what may be wrought out of their discontent, now that their souls are topful of offence. For England go, I will wet on the king. Aha. Uh -huh. Strong reasons make strong actions. <laughs> Let us go. If you say I, the king will not say no. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show. King John, Act 3, Part 2. Featuring the voice talents of Russell Gold as King John, Tahir Chowdhury as King Philippe, Valina Cutler as Constance, 
Karim Cronfley as Cardinal Pandolf, Will Harrison Wallace as Louis the Dauphin, Edward Herman as Hubert, Kyle Garrett as Philip the Bastard, Julia Eve as Queen Eleanor, and Kristen Mass as Arthur. Written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Landon Bell, directed by George Linfield, assistant director Joel Rowan. Music by Doxon Zygmunt of soundcloud.com forward slash Doxon Zygmunt. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2018 Pendant Productions. I hope your warrant will bear out the deed. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. Are you sick, Hubert? You look pale today. In sooth, I would you were a little sick, that I might sit all night and watch with you. I warrant I love you more than you do me. Do as I bid you do. Oh, save me, Hubert, save me! My eyes are out even with the fierce looks of these bloody men. Here once again we sit, once again crowned and looked upon, I hope, with cheerful eyes. The king hath dispossessed himself of us. We will not line his thin, bestained cloak with our pure honors, nor attend the foot that leaves the print of blood where'er it walks. Return and tell him so. We know the worst. The king's deeds turn sour in King John Act Four, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. I am no villain. Must I rob the law? Your sword is bright, lady. Put it up again. Not till I sheath it in a murderer's skin. Listen or catch up anytime on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com.